You are now listening to the Double Say Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Justin Nicosia. Today is Friday, September 25th, 2020, and you're listening to the Double Say Sports Podcast. As always, I'm Justin Nicosia, and I'm joined today by Frank Panucci. Last week, we were supposed to have two episodes for week two, but Patrick Hefner is on vacation, and he still is, so that's why we have Frank on the show today. Welcome to the show, Frank. How are you doing, Justin? Not too bad. What about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Looking for a, a, a good weekend of uh, football and other things, but... Yeah, so am I. That's what we're looking forward to, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We got a week three preview today, and actually, Thursday night was just last night, so we have the Jags game to go over. Frank, what are your original thoughts on that? I know personally, I thought the Jags are going to blow the Dolphins out of the water. I was kind of disappointed. Um, I was actually looking at that game. Um, I, I'm a big better, so I was, I was looking to bet on it. I wasn't sure, though. Um, yeah, I, I took the Jags minus decided, three, which yeah, was a big mistake. I yeah, I ultimately decided to stay away from it, but um, I thought it would be an interesting game, um, and it ended up definitely being interesting. 31 to 13, that's a crazy score. You could call it that. Well, the thing was, the Jags' defense just was non-existent in the first half. Miami just went out, and they got three straight touchdowns to start the game off. The Jags' offense was moving the ball decently well in the first uh, half. They just weren't able to get it into the end zone. But their defense, man, their defense just let them down. Yeah. Um, Their defense didn't play well, but I also attributed it to Ryan Fitzpatrick on 18 for 20. Uh, He only threw for 160 yards and only two touchdowns, but still. 18 for 20, he's, he's not missing much on that. So that was, a, that was pretty good by uh, Fitzpatrick. Well, yeah, also a lot of that was because they were trying to slow the pace towards the second half. You're not trying to air it out when you're up uh, 21-7, 28-7. So well, I don't blame them. Well, even so, he was uh, in the first half and it was a close game. He was, he oh, was, yeah, he was, in, he was insane. He went, I was, he, went up 10, he went 10 for 10 before he missed a pass, and it was a pass interference or something like that. The only reason they missed a pass. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember saying, I remember saying, like, I was like, dude, it's the Jags defense. I mean, the Jags are playing the Dolphins. How badly can you be? I know they traded away a bunch of their guys, uh, Ramsey, last year in a Glockway. But, I mean, it's still the Dolphins' offense. It's not like, you know, you're going against one of the better ones in the league. You're not going against the Chiefs or the Ravens. Yeah, no, definitely. But I, I don't know. The Dolphins have had it rough the last few years. And, uh, by the looks of this game, they, they're starting to pull some stuff together. I don't think it's really going to be anything special this year. But, you know, in the future, you got some young guys. you got Preston Williams, Devontae Parker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, who I really like, Miles um, Gaskin. Yeah, Miles Gaskin was looking really good yesterday. Uh, 22 yeah, he, uh, carries, 66 yards, only three, uh, three yards per carry. But in the first half, he was looking uh, really good. Then again, yeah, like, no, especially because um, – Beginning of the uh, year, it was supposed to be Jordan Howard, Matt Breida leading the backfield, and then all of a sudden, um, you got Matt Miles Gaskin coming into the mix, and and instead of it went from like week two, they were like all splitting carries. You know, Jordan Howard always gets the goal line carries, but they're all split in like same amount of rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this this I guess they really liked something uh, about him the last two games, but they put him in. He had the majority of the carries with 22 carries compared to Breida's three and Howard's three. Um, so he really just kind of took the rushing aspect of the game, ex- except for the goal line carries, obviously. But um, I thought it was pretty impressive. He looks pretty good. You know, three yards a carry, um, 
that doesn't look that great, only 66 yards. But, like, when it actually mattered in the first half, he was making some, like, nice catches, uh, running the ball well, getting the first downs when needed. Um, and then, obviously, in the second half, uh, he didn't really run that much. And then towards the end of the game, to run out the clock, they were just running. So, obviously, he was getting stuffed. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't blame him for the three yards for carry because they were just, you know, trying to run down the clock and everything. It wasn't anything serious, any serious yeah. play calling. Uh, but I'm kind of upset because I picked Howard in, I think, one or two of my leagues, like second to last round, last round, like try, kind of trying to get a value pick if I needed an RB2 or a flex one week, throw him in there. And that pick clearly has gone to waste uh, because Miles Gaskin has just taken control in that backfield. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually, I'm a happy man because my fantasy league, I, I got Saquon got hurt, uh, my number one pick. Um, I got Corlin Sutton got hurt for me, but uh, running backs wise, I only had David Johnson and like Mark Ingram who I traded away. Um, so I was looking for a running back. I actually picked up Miles Gaskin off the waiver wire last week and I had no one to play because no one wanted to trade with me. Couldn't get that uh, deal done. So I mm-hmm. started him this week, ended up dropping 15 for me. So I was like, not a bad performance. No, um, not so bad. I was happy for... with the way he plays. Yeah, that's not too bad. You definitely can't complain about that. Um, I actually started Gardner Minshew in our league over Joe Burrow and Kyler because, or not Kyler, over Joe Burrow and Dak because I was like, okay, Dak's going against the Seahawks, might have a bit of a tough time. Um, Joe Burrow, I don't really like going with a rookie in week three. So I'll go with, you know, I'll go with Gardner Minshew, the guy who's been looking actually really good against his better defenses. He was leading the the league in touchdown passes. Like, he was looking good first two games. Yeah, and then he goes out there and he lays an egg. I don't even think – he got, I think, eight and a half points for me, I believe. He went out and laid an egg against the Miami defense. So, I was really upset about that. I was especially surprised. But But, uh, – on the got- on the bright side for the Jaguars, um, James Robinson, you know, posting two touchdowns, you know, he came out of nowhere, especially after that Leonard Fournette trade. I guess they found themselves a, a rookie running back that can actually play, you know. Yeah, I was he drafted? I believe he was an undrafted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, he was undrafted, um, came on. Uh, yeah, undrafted out of Illinois State. So, I mean, he's making a name for himself, for sure. No, yeah, that's a definitely great. That's a cool. Uh, that's a cool uh, experience for him. Um, he's definitely was excited when Leonard Fournette got traded. He's like, now's my time to shine. You know, beat out. I think uh, another one of their running backs got COVID. Um, and and a Chris Thompson out, was the other guy. Yeah, and beat out Chris Thompson. You know, and and uh, took the leading spot, and he's playing well. So that you know, if he keeps that up, you know, he can become their running back. Yeah, one other thing I wanted to bring up about the Jags before we get on to Sunday's games is LaVisca Chenault looked really good um, yesterday. He was making a bunch of catches. There was the one that I remember on the third down in the first half, uh, Gardner Minshew threw it into traffic. It was double coverage uh, and really good coverage at that uh, down the middle of the field on like a third and six. And Chenault went up and he got it. And then he broke two tackles at once and got it for a first down, like a 15-yard gain. Um he had, I think, one drop in the game, but he had five catches overall. He looked pretty damn good, especially for a rookie. Yeah, definitely. Um, one other point I want to bring up: uh, one of my uh, one of my good friends. I was just talking to him last night. Yeah, he big uh, prop better, um, like betting on like he's like he, he always says to me, he goes the money's in touchdowns. Oh, uh, so, so one of the picks, guys that goes, oh, if whoever gets a touchdown, you get yeah, like, like any any time touchdown during the game, you win. It's like most of the odds are plus 600 or up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, 
he did a parlay of like a whole bunch of parlays. He did like three or four, and he uh, he actually did. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was um, Preston Williams touchdown, which he got the first touchdown of the game. Yeah, he did. Um, and then it was a James Robinson touchdown, and Ooh, nice. and then I think it was um, a Ryan Fitzpatrick rushing touchdown. Yeah, because passing touchdown. Oh no, no, no! My bad. It was actually a Mike Jacecki touchdown. Okay. So it was wow, those that's three. Good. And he put 15 on it. Guess how much you won? 650. No, over $1,000. Wow. Damn, that's, that's good Big for him. That's he was crazy. excited. It was crazy. That's crazy. I remember I tried taking a couple of those last year, um, like with quarterbacks, but then I didn't realize that touchdown, passing touchdowns didn't count. So, yeah, a little bit of a disappointer. But, oh, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Um, but let's move on to some of the games that are going to be going on this weekend. Let's start off with one of two 2-0 matchups. Uh, it's going to be the game between the Rams and the Bills. The other matchup between 2-0 teams are going to be on Monday night. We'll get to that way later in the show. But uh, this one's going to be on 1 o'clock. It's going to be on Fox, and it's going to be the Rams against the Bills. Two teams that have looked really good so far. Uh, you know, the Rams won uh, week one against the Cowboys on a game that had a controversial ending with uh, – Jalen Ramsey passing or throwing a pass interference at the end of the game. Uh, then he took care of business against the Eagles last week, 37 to 19, was the final there. But Buffalo has looked really good, um, especially week one against the Jets. They blew them out. It was 27 17 was the final, but the game was not as close as the score shows. And against the Dolphins last week, they only won by a field goal, but I don't really blame Bills for that one. It was 31 28 was the final. There was a Lightning delay right after halftime. Um, I think that kind of threw the Bills off because uh, the Bills were dominating the first half there. So it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I'm going to check the odds on that one real quick. It's looking like the Bills are only one-point favorites. Um, so, yeah, it's really – it's basically anyone's game. It's a toss-up there in the bed and odds. And the over-under is uh, 46.5, which I think the over-under at 46.5 is actually kind of low for these two teams. Um the Rams are out without their two top running backs, probably. Um, Cam Akers is out. Malcolm Brown has had some injury concerns. So we're going to see what's going on over there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game so far? Um, no, definitely, uh, if you didn't know, I'm a, I'm a big Bills fan. Um, really believe in that team. I loved them ever since uh, before when – actually, when Josh Allen got drafted. Loved Josh Allen. Thought he was a great you've been, player. Wait, you've been a Bills fan? I didn't know this. Yeah, no, I, I, I always grew up a Giants fan, you know, but, uh, like, I would say... Oh, as your AFC team. What? As, like, your AFC team? Yeah, yeah, but, no, I, I don't know. I, I would say, yeah, my AFC team, but, like, I always loved the Giants. You know, I grew up in, I'm in, from New Jersey, you know, that's how yeah, it is. Yeah. I've always been a Giants fan, but, like, you know, Giants haven't been playing so well and stuff, and ever since I've been getting, re- like, I got really into football, fantasy, all that stuff, I really like the Bills, even when they went um, – when they had, like, a negative record, like, three years ago. Then they drafted Josh Allen when they had LaShawn McCoy and stuff like that. Loved those guys. Um, I just love their defense, the way they played, and they were just scrappy, you know? Um, and I yeah, became a Bills fan. Defense. I've been I've, – I've liked them ever since, you know? But I'm, I'm, I'm very high on them this game. Um, you know, the Dolphins game was close. I watched most of the game – uh, it, it ended up, it was technically an 11 or an 11 point game, uh, with like a minute left. They scored a garbage time touchdown, the Dolphins. Um, 
got mm-hmm. the two-point conversion. It ended up being three-point game with, like, 40 seconds left. So it looks a lot closer than it actually was. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it was the lightning delay. Also, the Dolphins have been playing pretty decently, you know. Um, oh, yeah, we so saw that this week. What would you say? We saw that this week. Yeah, no, definitely. So, like, I don't blame them for only uh, winning by three. But, I, I, like, yeah, even week one, the Dolphins played the Patriots, only lost 11-21, uh, to 21, and, you know. The Patriots have been pretty dominant, almost beating the uh, Seahawks. Uh, I think at power rankings, they're four or five, you know. Um, yeah. So I definitely think the Dolphins have – they've had a rough go at it, you know. They have a hard schedule, you know. Um, but, no, I, I think the, the Bills played well against them, you know, made some clutch plays when needed. Um, and uh, Josh Allen's looking even better this year. Yeah, he has looked fantastic. I think it's like the second or third ranked fantasy quarterback right now. Um, yeah, so he's been looking fantastic. Uh, he's really blended well with Stefan Diggs, which going into week one, I wasn't sure was going to happen, but it has happened. And they're a really formidable duo uh, between them two. And John Brown's been getting involved pretty much in the offense as well. Um, going towards the prediction side of things, uh, I was actually on the Bonafide Scrubs podcast there, week three preview as well. Um, so check that out if you want more opinions on, on these games from me. But I think the Bills go out there, take care of business. I think it's a close one. I think the Bills go out. They went probably around 27-24 would be my guess. Um, the over-under is 46.5. I think it goes over almost undoubtedly. And since the spread is so close, it's only one-point spread as of the recording of this video. I think the Bills cover that as well. Yeah, um, I agree. I think the Bills are going to pull that one out. You know, I would love to see how um, Stefan Diggs plays uh, against uh, Jalen Ramsey and how uh, Josh Allen utilizes him uh, with with Jalen Ramsey, obviously going to be shadowing him. Um, so we'll see how that goes. You know, we'll see the Rams defense, you know, is always a is always a sight to see, you know, you guy there and Donald and all them, you know, they, they don't mess around. But um, – no, I think I think the Bills will pull it out though. I think it's going to be close. You know, I wouldn't be if you're if you're thinking about betting taking the minus one plus one. Um, if you're looking for a lock, this isn't it. But if you're if you want to play it uh, ballsy, it's a it's a low spread. You know, minus mm-hmm. one. I would take the Bills. You know, they're home too. Do you have a final score prediction as well? Final score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go a little lower than you actually. I'm going to say I think they win twenty four twenty one, but. I also couldn't – I'm not too sure on that because I, I think, you know, you got Jalen Ramsey, you got the Rams defense, they play well. But – and then you got the Bills defense, also one of the top defenses in the league. Yeah. So, I either think they're going to shut each other down or they're going to – their defenses are going to get broken and it's going to be an offensive shootout. So, it can go either way. It definitely could go either way. I think the – I think the Bills matched up a lot better in this, though, uh, which way I'll take them, especially because with the injuries of um, Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers – you're probably going to be looking at the Rams trying to pass the ball a lot more and uh, even more than they already do. And with the Bills' nice secondary, uh, they might shut them down a bit more. But I still think it hits the over um, and the Bills win. I could so see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's move on to the next game. It's going to be uh, Las Vegas Raiders against the New England Patriots. It's always weird saying the Las Vegas Raiders right around now just because you're not used to it. The Raiders uh, have always been – or not always, but they've been in Oakland for as long as we've been uh, alive. And yeah. just about an hour ago, uh, we've received word that Henry Ruggs is going to be out for the game. And um, let's see how that 
affects the spread. As of right now, it's a five and a half point spread, which I believe is the same as it was going into the day yesterday. Um, when I recorded that podcast, the Bonafide Scrubs, it was also five and a half. So the spread hasn't really changed. But even then, I thought the Patriots were going to probably um, dominate in this game. And I think it still stays the same. Um, the Raiders, yes, they looked really good against the Saints, but I just think it was a fluke game for the Saints. They were playing a weird style of play almost uh, on Monday night. Their defense was just like letting up a lot more yards. They're trying to play a bend-don't-break defense a lot more. They're pilling back on a lot of plays, which led to players, I mean, for the most part. Uh, it was all Darren Wall again wide open most of the time, but because they were playing off, he was able to get open uh, the entire time. And I don't think the Patriots play that way. The Patriots aren't going to be playing that way. And the Raiders aren't going to have as easy of a time as they had against the Saints last week. I want to hop in a little bit. Um, okay, yeah, you could hop I in. Just, I just definitely think the, um, you know, the Raiders-Saints matchup, I was, really, I was honestly really disappointed in Drew Brees. It looked like, honestly, he couldn't find targets downfield. And I don't know if they weren't open or he just wasn't able to throw it, but it looked as if, um, he had targets downfield, and he just couldn't make the throw, and he was just dumping it, off, dumping it off to Alvin Kamara the whole game. Like I, I, I was uh, honestly disappointed in the way uh, the passing game was going for them. Um, I, I saw, I saw targets down the field that he could have obviously made the throw to. I think uh, he didn't make many twenty-plus yard passes at all. I think uh, it might have been zero, maybe one. Yeah, um, he's in a lot of checkdowns. But he was just throwing it to his running back uh, when, obviously, that, that's not going to win you the game when it's like third and 15 and you're throwing a little uh, a swing pass to Alvin Kamara for six yards. You know, that's not that's not what it takes. But the Raiders did play well. Their defense looked good. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the Patriots take that out. You know, Patriots are home. They always Even though there's going to be no fans, Patriots always have a good, uh, a good game at home. Cam oh, yeah, Newton's been looking spectacular. Um, you know, uh, running the ball, even throwing the ball, you know. He was making plays uh, against the Seahawks, you know, driving the ball down the field. They actually almost won that game, um, you know, if not for a, a fluky last play. Um, but, you yeah, know, the Patriots are looking great right now, um, as sad as I am to say that, you know, being a Giants fan and all. But I, I do think the, Gi- uh, the Patriots pull it out, and I do think they hit the minus five and a half. Yeah, another thing, uh, going back to what we were talking about, about Drew Brees uh, just a moment ago, um, it could have been that he wasn't able to hit the arm strength, but I don't give the Raiders' defense uh, a full amount of credit uh, for everything because you remember that pick right towards the end of the first half? That was just a terrible read by uh, Drew Brees. He threw it down the middle of the field where there were like three or four guys uh, able to just jump up and get it. And Brees doesn't make those bad reads usually, so um, – I think it was just a fluke game from the Saints. He was just having a bad game in general. Um, so I, I don't give the Raiders as much credit as some people are for that game. Um, and the Patriots looked fantastic against a top-five team in a league yesterday – or not yesterday, Monday or Sunday night. And Cam Newton – the biggest question going into the year for the Patriots' offense was how consistent Cam Newton would be, and especially throwing the ball. And he's looked fantastic throwing the ball. His uh, completion percentage is – nearing 75%. It's uh, in the 70s so far on the year. And Bill Belichick has continued to show that he's a great mind on both the offensive and defensive end. No matter who he's got, he can fit a scheme around whoever it is. And the Raiders, man, 
the Raiders are in trouble because they're not going to be able to move the ball that much in the air because Henry Ruggs is now out. He's your only guy that really you have confidence in on the outside part of the field. You could go to Darren Waller a lot on the inside of the field, but any coach that watches film, especially one that watches as much as Bill Belichick, is going to realize that Darren Waller is the guy that you want to key on, and Belichick is, is – if anyone is going to key in on him and find a way to stop him, it's going to be him. So you Definitely. might have to – you might have to worry about the ground game a lot, but with this Patriots defense, especially their front seven, it's kind of hard to um, try and run the ball. So we'll see how they do. I think that the Patriots win. I think they win pretty handily. I said it was 24-14 um, before the Rugs loss. I think it's still something similar. Um, yeah. I, I would say Patriots maybe eking an extra field goal. It's going to be like 24-14, 27-14 is – my final guess there. Um, the over-under is 47. I hit the under pretty much on that. So I think the Patriots cover pretty easily, and I think it hits the under. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I could see that happening. And honestly, going back to Blake Cam Newton's play, and uh, I know it's early, but I honestly do think if Cam Newton keeps it up, and by the way he's been playing, I do think that Cam Newton could win comeback player of the year. Uh, oh, yeah, he's definitely got a good shot at it. I know it's an early prediction, but, like, that that's my pick. For as long as he doesn't get hurt, um, my pick is Cam Newton. Yeah, definitely. That's a good pick. Um, I mean, I could see A.J. Green maybe going to get it if he has a couple of good games. Uh, he hasn't had one yet so far. But maybe if he starts to get chemistry with Joe Burrow, maybe he could find a way to eke his way into there. But as of right now, I would see um, Cam Newton being mine, uh, almost undoubtedly at the moment, as it is. Yeah. I totally agree. Did you have a prediction for this, a final? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go 24-17. Um, okay. I do think the Raiders will uh keep it closer. It, I don't think it'll be close until like end of the game. You know, like I think the Patriots will be up like 24-10 or something, and then fourth quarter end of the game. You know, Raiders get a quick touchdown, so it's 24-17, and then. That's the end of the game. But, um, yeah, so 20, I, I would say 24-17. That's a, and then I also – I'm going to say the under, too. But, you know, the way uh, Josh Jacobs played the first uh, first game, you know, it, it could it could hit the over. But I, I, I think definitely the under in that game. All right. Uh, that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, Jacobs definitely can make a difference. But, you know, they're going to be keen on to that, especially with, like I said, with uh, rugs out. Yeah, definitely. So the next game on tap is the Washington football team against Cleveland Browns. Man, you know, I never get tired of saying Washington football team. I I, I can't even. I, I always say, uh, I'll be talking to my friends, I'll be like the Redskins, and then I'll be like, oh, wait. It's so easy. the Washington football team. It's so easy to, to do that, uh, to mess up and slip, but it's, it's really funny saying the football team. Um, I don't know if you heard the last episode of the pod, but uh, Hepner was trying to say that the uh, football team is actually, like, a decent name. He kind of compared it to, like, the Browns, how the Browns, their name is, like, really bad. But people, like, respect it and kind of, like, vibe with it because they've been called the Browns since, like, the 50s or 60s. So he's trying to say if the football team had their name as Washington football team since the dawn of time, that maybe then people would actually think it was a good name. Uh, I'm going to disagree with the Pat. Yeah, I think or, you know, I don't uh, – he's not a – a very smart guy, in my opinion, you know. Um, the Washington football team, they, it, it, I think it's pathetic that 
a, a whole uh, billion dollar organization couldn't come up with a, a decent name that is fan that their fans uh, would uh, appreciate. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think Patrick's completely wrong, as well as on many other things. You know. Yeah, that's enough for the Patrick slander on this pod, though. Uh, you want it? We'll get some more on another pod with the end, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we'll have yeah. to go back and forth on another another time. Exactly. I have both of you on one day, and you could just duke it out. That'll be the whole pot. Yeah. So the Browns enter this game with a 1-1 record. So do the football team. And the football team are seven-point underdogs here. We had a really impressive week one win against the Eagles. But then week two last week, they got absolutely smacked by the Cardinals, lost 30-15 to Kyler Murray's squad. And honestly, I don't even give them – all that much credit for week one. Um, yeah, the Eagles, you know, on paper are a better team, but they've also been dealing with a lot of injuries, um, both in the receiving core and that offensive line, which is why the football team were able to pressure Wentz literally all game, and that was a huge part of that second-half comeback. Uh, the, the Browns, on the other hand, they got destroyed by the Ravens week one, but it's the second-best team in the entire football uh, NFL. And the Bengals... Last week, they won only 35-30 on Thursday night, but it was a much wider game than that. Um, really, it was a Tyler Boyd garbage time touchdown that made it look pretty close, but Browns were in control most of the game. And honestly, Baker Mayfield looked like a really good quarterback. He actually looked like an NFL-caliber quarterback for the first three quarters or so of that game. So um, I think that he could do the same thing against Washington. They don't really have a great secondary. I don't really know anyone that would step up in that secondary. and stop OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Um, I have a little bit of questions with the run game with Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt back there, but they usually can do it against the best of them. And even against Washington, I think they still have a chance to do it. And I just don't see a way that Washington moves the football um, in this game against Cleveland. Because Cleveland has a pretty decent secondary with uh, Denzel Ward leading the pack. No, I, uh, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, However, you know, I think the Browns will pull out the win. Um, Washington, the last two games, um, even though they got destroyed by the Cardinals, uh, their defense surprised me, especially game one. Um, and then even in game two, their defensive line's no joke. Uh, they can really stuff the run. Um, they were, I think, uh, week one, they uh, recorded over nine sacks. Or, uh, was it something crazy like that? It was eight sacks. Eight sacks is what eight it was. Eight sacks. Yeah, that's impressive um, for a Washington team against the Eagles. Um, you know, I th- their defensive line looked real good. They were pressuring the football a lot. Um, I do think they're still going to lose because their offense, uh, I don't think, is there yet. You know, you got Terry McLaurin and stuff, but I don't think Dwayne uh, Haskins has uh, has it yet. Um, you know, he's fresh out of college. I think he will eventually start to pick it up, but I don't think that time's yet. Yeah, um, he hasn't shown it much. Yeah. On the other hand, the Browns, you know, Baker Mayfield looked decent, but also the Bengals defense can arguably be the worst uh, defense in the league. Um, Yeah, they're not that great at all. Yeah, definitely. But you know what? Uh, The Browns, you know, they're overall, they're playing a lot better. Um, I think they will win, but I don't think they cover the spread. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be 24-21. You see, I am with you that the Browns are going to be scoring 24. Um, I just think that the this football team um, offense is just too abysmal. I, I don't think that they go out 
and score 21 points, I would say that it's going to be a final 24-13. I just don't think that this offense is going to move the ball. Um, they usually struggle to do it, and I, I think that this game is going to be no different in that end of the field. No, I uh, I could see that totally happening. Uh, we just got to see how Dwayne Haskins uh, comes out against the Browns, you know? Yeah, maybe this is going to be his coming out party against the Browns. We'll see, though. Um, and ironically enough, uh, the over-under on this game is 45. You said the final would be 24-21. That would push the over-under. So you're completely agreeing with Vegas on this one, basically. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know the over-under, but, you know, um, I could see that happening, you know. But I, I'd say it either pushes or it hits the under. That's my prediction for this game. You don't think it goes over? No, definitely. With the If the Washington keeps it up to a uh, – the way their defensive line has been playing and keeps pressure on Baker, I don't think he has the time to make the right decisions. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. There's no chance it goes over. Um, but let's move on to the next game. It's the Texans versus Steelers. And, man, the Texans are just in for a brutal, brutal start of the season. I mean, they went out, they got destroyed by the Chiefs. Then they went out, they got destroyed by the Ravens. They got two, the first two games of the year were against the two best teams in the entire AFC. And now they have another game against one of the best defenses in the entire National Football League, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And where Deshaun Watson has already been struggling uh, so far this year in comparison to Deshaun Watson's standards uh, without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Will Fuller has some injury concerns. We're not 100% sure if he is playing. Same with Kenny Stills. Same with Brandon Cooks. They're all, even if they play, they're all going to be having some form of an injury one way or another. Banged up a little bit, yeah. Exactly. And early on in the season when the Steelers defense is probably going to be pretty, uh, they're not going to be dealing with as many injuries. It's not the time that you want to have injuries on your own end. Um, I think that the Texans are just in for another uh, bad game. Uh, David Johnson looked decent in week one, but not as much last week. And on the Steelers end of things, yes, they only played the Giants and the Broncos, but They've looked pretty solid. They've held teams to 66.5 rushing yards per game. And that was – remember, week one was when Saquon Barkley was healthy. Last yeah, week no, – Definitely. Uh, week one, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the game, Saquon was eight rushes for negative eight yards. I think, he, I, I think he ended with negative rushing yards. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, impressive uh, on the Steelers' part. Even though the all, Giants' offensive line is, is terrible – that is still impressive that the, one of the top running backs in the league can't um, score positive numbers. Yeah, and then they did they did uh, something similar last week against against uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Melvin didn't do much other than you know a little like leak out passes um, like when needed, but other than that, yeah, they uh, they really shut down the run. Um, and it's so, do you know the spread on this game? Uh, yeah, it's a four-point spread in favor of the Steelers. So it's a really tight spread. I was actually really surprised that it was as close as it was. I, I do think it is close only because um, the Broncos didn't actually play that bad against the Steelers. They had a chance to actually win the game. Um, they mm -hmm. lost 21-26 the Broncos, but they were actually – I watched the end of the game. It was – a. It was a, like a three-minute drill or a four-minute drill for the Broncos driving down the field, you know, um, got down to like maybe the 30-yard line. And, and this uh, was after Locke was hurt, right? Yeah, no, Locke got hurt in like literally I think the first quarter and Cullen, the Corlin Sun got hurt in the first half, you know. Um, 
and Driscoll came in and they kind of just looked like a team, you know, and they don't, they didn't have any special players, but guys stepped up. Judy, KJ Hamler actually uh, started playing, uh, played well, you know, they stepped up as a team and actually almost mounted a comeback. I think that's going to attribute um, to the minus four spread, but I do, uh, I do think that the Steelers went to, uh, end up covering it. Um, yeah, I think they do too. Yeah, because the Steelers' defense has just been, like, no match. It's, it's a serious, serious thing. Uh, I think that David Johnson's going to get shut down again, um, other than if he can catch the ball. Um, I don't think he's going to be rushing a lot. Uh, well, yeah, right now it's, it's just the Steelers match up so well against him. It's the team that ranks 30th in the NFL in rushing yards per game against a team that has the, given up the least amount of rushing yards per game. Um, and then the Texans, without really having a true number one receiver – um, they're not really going to get that much going in the passing game, even though Watson can probably work a little bit of magic. But, yeah, I think that the Steelers lose by double digits. I say 24-14. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go a little lower than you on that. I'm going to say uh, either – I'm going to say the Texans only really scored 10 points and uh, Steelers win 20-10. to 20-10, wow, that's really low scoring. 30 because I, I'm thinking about it, you know. Texans, if David Johnson gets shut down, like the, like um, the Texans or uh, Texans offensive line isn't great, you know. Ravens shut uh, shut down David Johnson, and the Steelers have a much, I think, higher caliber defensive line and run defense than the Ravens. Um, mm-hmm. I think if they shut him down, and with Will Fuller potentially hurt, um, Cobb and Stills all banged up, and Deshaun Watson not playing that great, I just don't see how they can drive down the field, you know. Mm-hmm. against Minka Fitzpatrick and and their secondary, you know? Yeah, it'll definitely be hard. The over-under is also uh, relatively low on this one, 45. Um, but, yeah, you're oh, definitely pushing the under on that one. Yeah, no, I would definitely say the under. I, I could see um, the Texans uh, scoring maybe uh, two touchdowns, maybe. Depends on if Will Fuller plays and how Deshaun Watson is playing. But I do think that the Texans will lose, and I think the Steelers do cover the spread. Mm-hmm. Speaking of low over-unders, this next game is the lowest over-under of the week, and it's at 42. And uh, it's to no surprise, it's a 49ers-Giants game. The Giants are extremely just, I don't know, they looked really, they're just a disappointing team in general. Uh, they looked horrible against Pittsburgh in week one. Their line got absolutely wrecked. And last week, they almost mounted a comeback against Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears, but uh, Daniel Jones just didn't have enough in him, and they lost 17-13. The 49ers, though, they're extremely banged up. You think the Giants are banged up with Saquon injured? Well, take a look at the 49ers. Kevin Coleman's out. D. Ford is uh, actually out. Uh, obviously, Joey Bosa and Solomon Thomas are out. Jimmy Garoppolo is out. Raheem Mostert's out. I think George Kittle, he's currently listed as questionable. I don't think he I don't think he's going to play I thought I saw uh them say that he's out for the game but I'm not 100% sure on that um and week one Arizona beat the 49ers I called that on week one pod uh then last week they absolutely destroyed the Jets but even with their B team I think that just shows how bad the Jets are we'll get into that a little bit later but I don't know, Frank. What are your thoughts on this game? I've got some of my own, but let me hear from you first. Um, yeah, no, but definitely both teams are banged up. You know, Sterling Shepard also on the IR, Saquon Hurt, you know. Um, Giants defense really not there. 
Um, on the other end, though, you know, 49ers defense is banged up. You know, Nick Bosa, D Ford, all of them out. Um, also, Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing this week. Uh, so they're going to have a backup QB in there. Um, it, it, and plus, Tevin Coleman and Mostert are both hurt. So it's just going to be McKinnon. Yeah, it's um, Jared. And they're, and they're bringing up a, a, a running back, I think, from the practice squad. So Yeah, it's a Jarek McKinnon, Nick Mullins show out there. Yeah, so I, I definitely think this is going to be a, a, a ground-and-pound matchup, you know, back and forth, you know, not much scoring. Um, I do think – I'm honestly going to say I think the Giants might pull this one out. Oh, you're um, kidding me. I wanted, I wanted to be the one to break the news and say the Giants were going to pull this off. Come on. You, you think so? I, yeah, I said on the, on the podcast I appeared on this week, I think the Niners – I don't think they could pull it off with the all the injuries they're sustained. I think the Giants match up. I mean, if everyone is healthy, the Giants match up terribly in this. But with all the injuries, the 49ers have three of their best front seven guys injured. Um, I originally thought that D Ford wasn't hurt and then he would have to adjust into a pass rush role. But now that he's even hurt, it makes it even worse. And so now you've got a terrible offensive line against what was supposed to be probably the best defensive line in the NFL – but now they're all hurt. So now instead of having to worry about, you know, because their biggest issue is protecting their quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, whoever it was, you don't have to worry about that anymore. And you can start trying to air the ball out a bit more. Daniel Jones has been decent when he's had time in the pocket. Uh, Richard Sherman hasn't looked great in recent uh, games, recent years. So I don't know. We'll see. And I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to get the ball moving because they, even with Garoppolo, they weren't a great pass heavy team. Uh, Debo Samuel's out, so Nick Mullins isn't going to have a guy in the passing game to throw to. And in terms of the running game, you got your two top guys out, so I don't think the 49ers are going to uh, be able to score um, much. So I think the Giants – and I don't, expect, I don't expect either team to get tw- to 20 points. I think it's going to be that low scoring, but I think the Giants will come out on top. Yeah, well, um, actually uh, – Sorry for you overstepping said, on you. No, you're good. Um I have to uh, uh, to add what you said. Richard Sherman actually is on the IR um, from last week, so he only played week one and had a calf uh, calf injury. He's been out, um, so they are very depleted. I, I don't know who they're bringing up or how they're going to put together a defense, but they're bringing up a lot of practice squad players and giving a lot of players an opportunity to uh, start in an NFL game. Um, but, you know, maybe they'll find their next superstar, you know, coming out of the rough. But I do think, you know, I think the Giants will pull it off. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Devontae Freeman just signed for a little uh, under $3 million a, uh, for a one-year deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on Freeman? He'll be able to definitely get a bunch of dump-offs uh, from Daniel Jones, um, which kind of, you know, places a bit of Barkley was able to do. Barkley definitely had a lot more – uh, big play potential, but you know it's better than having because Deion Lewis would have been the other guy that the Giants would have had going. So um, I don't know how much he'll be involved this week because they just signed him recently, if I'm not mistaken. And it takes time to get involved in a team, yeah, especially especially on an offense. Tuesday or Wednesday, I think he got signed, so he's really only going to be able to practice for like two three days. Yeah, so he'll probably get maybe like four or five touches at most. But I do like that signing. Um, he definitely provides some pass catching ability out of the backfield. And he's, you know, 
he's not the Devontae Freeman he was in 2016, but I think he could definitely um, break a couple decent plays. And, you know, I mean, he's not going to be a game changer that Saquon Barkley was, um, but he'll be serviceable enough. No, I, I, I definitely agree, uh, Justin. You know, um, Freeman, you know, I think he'll just be getting his feet wet, but I think it'll be good, you know, just getting – I think this will be a good opportunity, especially – with the Niners defense mostly hurt, you know, just to get a feel of the backfield, you know, um, just uh, feel out how the Giants play and get used to them. You know, he hasn't played. Uh, he was a free agent all through the, the off season and through this year. So he's, he's been out of commission for a while now. Uh, so we'll see how he comes back. You know, maybe he, he explodes this year, you know, comes back, makes a name for himself. Like, Hey, for you guys forgot about me. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I was impressive with the Falcons in 2016, you know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he's been conditioning during that time and staying healthy. Cause if not, then it'll be an ugly look. Yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully he's been staying, uh, extra training, you know, with all the injuries going on, you don't want to, so you don't want to push him too hard right away. So I think they definitely will reserve him though. Exactly. So what did you say your final score prediction was? Did you give one? Uh, what's the spread again on the game? Uh, the spread on the game is a, Let's see. The Giants are three and a half point dogs. So plus three and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I I I think I'm gonna go twenty four seventeen. Giants win. Giants winning. And you that know, just goes under the under the over under is forty two, so that just goes under it. Yeah. Um, I think. That's the case, you know. I would say even more low scoring, honestly. Um, but do you want to change Giants, that pick? Then? What'd you say? Do you want to change that pick? No, nah, I'm gonna keep it. I think it it could go a little uh, lower score, but I think with the Giants' defense not being great and plus the 49ers' defense being hurt, I do think the Giants will be able to air it out. And I also do think the 49ers will still make some stuff happen. But I do think Daniel Jones and the Giants pull it out. Okay. That's interesting to see. We'll see how it goes. I don't expect uh, much action in this game uh, in terms of offense. It's kind of it's going to be a game that takes a back burner for me. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. I watch a lot of red zone, so I don't expect to see it that much on red zone. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's going to be back and forth. You know, maybe uh, once every, like, hour, you'll see a nice little uh, Giants or 49ers. <laughs> yeah, just a little recap touchdown. play, yeah. But uh, let's move on to the next game. This one's also at 1 o'clock, and it's between two 0-2 teams. The Bengals, who we all expected to be 0-2 at this point, um, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who disappointed last week, disappointed against the football team. But they've got a game where they come in as five-point favorites against the Bengals. They're playing at home. I don't know, though, because Jalen Rager is hurt. Alshon Jeffries hurt. Their defense is also hurting. It's going to be an interesting one. It's probably going to also be an ugly one. Carson Wentz, going into the year, we thought, hey, he's got his receivers finally healthy. Um, and they got Jalen Rager out of TCU, and he's going to be able to provide some uh, reliability on the offense. But he clearly has also been hurt. And I don't really know. I think that's part of why Wentz has kind of struggled so far this year. But he's obviously still going to be without those guys. So he's going to be in for a rough game against what – on paper, should be an easy game. Yeah, no, definitely it, it should be. But I do think the Bengals will put up a fight. Um, I think it's all going to be um, 
how much the Eagles' defense plays, I think that's going to be the break it or make it for them. Um, mm-hmm. If the Eagles' defense can't play again, like they got destroyed by the Rams, um, I do think the Bengals could pull this one out. That I would, I, I'm, I'm actually going to pick this as uh, one of my upsets. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, Joe Burrow throwing, uh, I think, 63 times uh, last week against the Browns. Uh, not being able to run the ball because the Browns' defense. Um, the Eagles, you know, looked pathetic, their defense against the Rams. Um, Rams were running all over them, throwing all over them. Um, they were able to mount some sort of offensive comeback. But defensively, they looked terrible. And that's exactly what the Bengals need. They need some room to work. And I think if Joe Burrow gets more time and Joe Mixon is able to finally be able to run the ball, um, which he hasn't been able to do the first two weeks, I think they will win. Um, you know, Joe Burrow got robbed of his first ever win uh, week one, you know, when yeah, they, with uh, that, um, Randy Bullock missed a 20-something yard field goal and, that... uh, and faked the injury afterwards. Um, saw a little something about that on Instagram. It was like yeah, yeah, he held his right leg and then the injury report said his left leg or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was crazy. But uh, I know I do think the uh, Bengals mount a comeback. You know, Carson Wentz hasn't been playing like the quarterback he's meant to be, and I don't think he will start playing like that soon. I may be a little biased because I'm not a big Eagles fan, but um, I, I do think the Bengals deserve a, deserve a win, and I think they, they'll get it uh, this week. What would you say the final? I'm going to say it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say uh, 35-27. And Bengals winning. By eight. Wow. That that would cover the spread if they were the, the favorites instead of the underdog. And that goes well over the 47 and a half point spread. Um, I don't know. It's something about that I don't really trust either of these offenses, especially the um, the Eagles. But I think the Eagles defense is quite a bit better than the Bengals one, even though they are more banged up. I don't think the Eagles go out there and cover the spread. Um, it opened up at six points. Now it's moved down to five or four and a half, depending on. Um, the sports book, I don't think they cover that spread. I think the Eagles still go out there and win. Their defense is a lot better than the Bengals one. So I think that Miles Sanders is going to be able to pound the ball on the ground quite a bit. Um, I mean, we see that Geno Atkins, who's the Bengals' main guy, he's been an anchor of that defense for quite some time now. He's out. Mike Daniels is banged up, but he's questionable as of right now. So I think that Sanders is going to be able to – Pound the ball on the ground. It'll open up the pass game a bit. I don't expect a 350-yard, uh, four-touchdown game or anything out of Wentz. I don't expect anything special. But Sanders will do good enough in a run game. And the Eagles' defense will hold just enough, I think, especially with Darius Slay out there, to uh, hold the Eagles – or bring the Eagles to a 21-17 victory. Um, I don't think they cover. Uh, you got a, a, quite a low score compared to me. Yeah, um, definitely. But you make you made some pretty good points. I definitely would not be surprised if anything that you said was wrong. Yeah, I I think uh, it, it that's, right. it's a little high scoring, but it definitely it definitely could go back and forth. But uh, that's what I was going to add, though. Um, I I definitely do think if you're looking for a prop bet of that game, I would pick the over in Miles Sanders rushing yards. Um, you know, that just it seems like a safe bet. Bengals defensive line hasn't Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt ran right all over him. I think Miles Sanders will do the same. Yeah, especially if uh, they have to rely on the run game a lot more than the pass game in this week. Yeah. 
So uh, I don't know the over under on the prop bet. It probably changes uh, a lot, but I would I would definitely take the over. Yeah, um, yeah. The Bengals just allow they allow 185 yards per game so far this year, so they should have no problem running the ball in Philly. But passing the ball is going to be a different story. Uh, let's move on to the next game, which is really surprising the records of these two teams. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are 2-0. and um, That's not nearly as surprising, but the Vikings being 0-2 right now uh, after games against the Packers and the Colts is really surprising to me, um, especially because Kirk Cousins just played horrible, especially last week. Um, what's his name? Dalvin Cook hasn't been able to get over 65 yards uh, in a game yet so far this year. The Vikings offense hasn't been looking the way that we thought it would this year. I don't know if that has anything to do with Diggs being gone or what, but it hasn't been what we've expected it to be. Um, as for the Titans, Tannehill's looked fantastic. Um, he's really everything that they could have asked for and more out of him. Derrick Henry's at 200 total yards on the year, so he's been doing pretty well. Uh, but the big thing with the um, Titans going into this week is that A.J. Brown, their number one receiver, is going to be out for the game. And I think that provides a big advantage to the Vikings. I think also the Vikings last week, they just, it was a horrible performance, yes, but they're not as bad as they showed last week. I know the Colts defense, um, they're one of the more underrated defenses in the league. People try and say that they're not that great, but with the Forrest Buckner signing last year or this offseason, he's looked pretty good. Um, obviously, Darius Leonard's been really good, and that secondary is not too bad either, but. As bad as Kirk Cousins played in that game, he's just not as bad as the stats show at that game. He's not as bad as he played last game. I expect him to have a bounce-back game, and I expect the Vikings to actually go out there and take a win. Um, I think that the Titans, they just didn't play great last week, even a week before. Even though they won both those games, they didn't play great in either of them. Last week, Gardner Minshew almost pulled off a comeback. He would have if they didn't tip the ball at the line for a pick at the end. Um so I think the Vikings go out there. I think they'll win a close one. I still think it's close, but 23-20 is going to be my guess. And the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game, by the way. Yeah, no, Justin, I, I, I totally agree with you. I do. Uh, I have been disappointed with the way the Vikings uh, have been playing, especially after drafting Adam Thielen to my fantasy team, you know. Um, he did well week one. He did well. For, I had him in one of my leagues, too, and he did fantastic week one. I was so no, happy yeah, with how he played. He definitely did well, but when your quarterback uh, throws for, I think it, it was around 106 yards the entire game. Yeah, takes uh, had more yards. I was, I was actually extremely disappointed in Kirk Cousins because the, uh, the, the defense, yeah, the Colts are pretty good, but, you know, it's just – it should have been – a little higher scoring than that, and they should have at least got a, a another touchdown in that game. Uh, so I was a little disappointed, but yeah, no, I I, I, I like the Titans. They've been playing well, especially with Jonu Smith coming out of nowhere, um, becoming a, a leading tight end for them. Yeah, he's um, been a mainstay on the offense aside from uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, especially since uh, AJ Brown's been out. You know, um, uh, Corey Davis been stepping up. You know. So I, I do think the Titans are – I think this game's going to be very extremely close. Um, I'm going to say, though, that the, the Vikings also uh, do win 25-22. 25, that's an interesting score. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that it'll be around there, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, 
I'm kind of mad at Kirk Cousins because he didn't involve Adam Thielen. Well, he didn't involve anyone in the offense at all last week, but he didn't involve Adam Thielen. And in my league back with kids at home, uh, I lost because I started Adam Thielen over Julian Edelman. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that was a bad, that no, was a bad a good, game. A good upside with Adam Thielen, though, is uh, he has accounted for over 50% of the Vikings' passing yards on his own. So he definitely so – he's getting targeted. He's, he's their guy. Kirk Cousins just needs to slightly step up, to say the least. You know? yeah. So let's both hope that, uh, that that stays the same way. But, yeah, I don't know. This, I think it's going to be a lot closer – a pretty close game, and I, I do think the Vikings take it out. And we're both in agreement on that. So let's move on to the Chicago Bears-Atlanta Falcons game. And – this game's going to be out in Atlanta. It's going to be it's another one at one o'clock on Fox. Um, and the Bears are two and zero, but they've looked a lot worse than their record shows. Um, week one, they did have an impressive comeback against the Lions, uh, and Trubisky looked really good in that. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of that I blame on the Lions and Matt Patricia because Matt Patricia's done that. This isn't the first time Patricia's blown a double digits fourth quarter lead in his career. He's done that quite a few times. He's actually infamous for it. Um, well, I wouldn't and, even blame Matt Patricia. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a wide open pass to the back. Oh of yeah, yeah. To win the game, and, then, and he dropped a, a basket catch that uh, I'm pretty sure me or you could have caught. Yeah, that too. Who is wide open for it? So yeah, that I don't even count that as a great win for the Bears um, because Swift dropped it and won it for the Bears, and Patricia blows his leads. Anyways, um, Okuda hasn't looked at, uh, that great so far. He got burnt a couple times in both um, the game this week and the game in against the Bears in week one. And against the Giants last week, they almost they almost let the Giants come back while at home without the Giants having Saquon Barkley. They barely they put up 17 points against the Giants defense, which isn't that fantastic. So and that was the all Bears, in the first half. Yeah, all in the first half. And the Bears haven't impressed me uh, so far. The Falcons have impressed me. Their offense has been amazing. Calvin Ridley has looked like the best receiver in the league so far. Statistically, he is. Um, they just had a really tough matchup week one against the Seahawks and then last week the Cowboys mounted to come back can we talk about that that was crazy that was crazy let's I mean what do you want to say about it uh, you uh, did you, up, did, so. you uh, did you were you able to watch the end of that game uh, I watched the last like five minutes or so of it yeah it was, you know the whole game you know fumble fumbles on the Cowboys over and over not being able to score they were just pounding the Cowboys you know and the they Cowboys had what, like made three total Three total fumbles in the first half, I think. I think so. I think it was around that number. But, you know, then you go into the second half. Cowboys make a nice comeback. Falcons still scoring ridiculously. Um, and they uh, they get to the end of the game. You know, go, Cowboys make a comeback. You think the game's over. And and the ball rolls 10 yards. And no one look, No one on the Falcons. No one even tried going decided, towards it. Decides to jump on it, and the Cowboys got it. That's impressive. Uh, I'm surprised with all the new rules on the onside kicks and stuff that they're they were all able in favor. To... They're all in favor of the receiving team, and then even with all that, they just couldn't go out and get it. Yeah, I'm. The, I'm surprised that the 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 probability of uh, kicking a onside kick has significantly decreased uh, over the years at, with every new rule that they've put. Um, and the odds of that happening were extremely low, and I'm I, I'm surprised it happened so fast. You know, an onside kick in week two. You know. Yeah, yeah. Usually, you gotta wait some time uh, for those to happen. But 
It was interesting that it actually happened to the, uh, the Falcons because the Falcons have the guy that's supposed to be known for being able to get the onside kick. Yon Hoku is supposed to be the guy that gets all the onside kicks. So I guess the Falcons get a little taste uh, of their own medicine in that sense. Yeah. But one of the announcers, I think, I, I forgot if it was uh, one of the announcers during the game or if it was in a um, like a post-game update or whatever it was, uh, someone compared it to in a baseball game when they bunt a ball down like the – a batter bunts the ball down the third base line and you're waiting for it to go foul you're waiting for it you're waiting for it to go foul and just doesn't go foul that's kind of what they compared this to you're waiting for it to go out of bounds you're waiting for it just to die before 10 yards and it just doesn't do that and uh, that's ultimately what lost the Falcons the game that week but back to this game anyways the Falcons come in and they're three-point favorites and honestly I think that the Falcons go out they take care of business their offense has looked like probably the best in the league um the passing attack is just so lethal. Lethal. You have Calvin Ridley, you have Julio Jones, and Russell Gage has looked fantastic. Todd Gurley, in the limited amount of time that he's played so far, you know, he's, it's a pass-heavy offense as it is, and you're kind of just trying to ease him in with arthritis and everything. Um, the Falcons, just their offense is fantastic. Um, and the Bears, just the Bears, I don't think they can move the ball. They weren't able to move the ball against the Giants. Falcons defense isn't great, but I think it's better than the Giants. And if they can't score, if they can't even score 20 points against the Giants, how much are they going to score against the Falcons? Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you. You said they're three point spreads, right? Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half. Yeah, I think Falcons cover that. You know, the way they've been playing, uh, offensively obviously defensively they've had their struggles um but the way they've been playing offensively being able to outmatch um their opponents even against like a a high caliber offense like the the Cowboys being able to take the lead for most of the game and should have been winning the game um I do think the Falcons finally get their first win of the season um and I think it will be a pretty lopsided victory. I think they easily cover the spread. Yeah, uh, what's your final? Minus 31-24 on that. That also goes over the 47-point over, by the way. I'm actually going to uh, say the score goes 34-23. to 23. Okay, so... I say it's going to be like an 11-point game. Okay, that's fair. General realm uh, that I was in. Uh, but that just about wraps things up for the 1 o'clock games. Uh, we'll move o'clock move on to the four o'clock games, which actually this week, finally, we have a decent amount of four o'clock games. I know last week and a week before there were only three, four o'clock games. And I was complaining about that a lot because it makes things really boring. If you want to watch, sit down and watch red zone, because it just is one game um, the entire time, basically Uh, this week, there are five, four o'clock games. So let's get to the first one. And it's my New York Jets against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I don't really want to complain that much about the Jets in this one because then we'll get this podcast to like a three-hour podcast because I go on a rant for as long as possible. If you do want to hear a rant, check out the last episode of the Bonafide Scrubs podcast, uh, their week three preview. I did rant about Adam Gase and the Jets on that. Um, one story I do want to say that I was saying um, on that pod, actually, just because I know that you'll kind of appreciate it. Um, I went home for the weekend, that weekend, and I went out golfing on Sunday morning. And the game, like my girlfriend finished around like 1230 or so. And it was like 40 minutes from home. Uh, I was on the car ride home and I was listening to the game with my dad in the car. And the first play, Raheem Mostert goes for 80 yards and a touchdown. And I was like, wow, this is really the type of game it's going to be. And then after that, 
go home, get there by the end of the first quarter, watch the rest of the first half, go up, take a shower during halftime. And I get out of the shower and I see that the 49ers had the ball around midfield, wherever it was. And I go into the play-by-play to see how they got there. And they converted a third and 31. Guess who converted it? Not their first stream running back, not their second stream running back. It wasn't a pass play or anything. It was Jarek McKinnon in their third stream running back on a rush play up the middle. So, um, I, th- I, was I, really- I remember that play. I watched it live. I, uh, I got a little nervous when I heard about all the injuries. Um, and, uh, at that point, I think they were only up by like two touchdowns and I had, uh, the minus only. seven and a half spread. Um, so I was a little nervous for the 49ers, you know, without their starting QB. A lot of their defense was hurt. I was like, maybe the Jets I, – I was like, I think they'll still lose the Jets because uh, they're the not Jets great. The but I was like, I was like, maybe the spread won't hit. So I got a little nervous, and I turned it on. And I was like, dang, it's like third and 31 from their own, like, 10-yard line. And, of course, you know, when it's that far, you're not going to risk a pick in your own 20-yard line. Yeah, exactly. Inside your own 20. And so they just give it a nice little uh, outside handoff to the McKinnon. And next thing you know, he breaks a tackle or two and he was just gone for like 50 yards. And I was like, wow, I was yeah. like, that, that is uh, impressive to say the least. Yeah, it was a bad game. And that's exactly why the Jets are, uh, they opened up at 10 and a half point underdogs, I believe, but now it's even worse. It looks like 11 and a half point uh, underdogs. And honestly, like, I would stay away from this game. I know that the Jets are really bad and they're probably going to get destroyed, but an 11 and a half point spread, it's kind of like how last week the Citadel went against Clemson and they were like a 48 and a half point underdogs. Like, you know, Clemson's going to blow them out. They won 49, nothing that game, but you don't want to bet a spread that big because it's crazy. And in, in the NFL, an 11 and a half point spread is so huge. I think the Jets get railed. I think they lose 24, 10 is my prediction, but I would just stay away from the, the spread just because an 11-and-a-half-point spread uh, as of right now is just absolutely ridiculous. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. You know, I actually I, – I'm actually going to stick with your prediction, 24-10. I like that. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely I hate anything uh, over, honestly, eight points I, I get a little sketched out about. But, yeah, definitely 11-and-a-half is way too high. Um, I don't think it's worth it. I'm staying away from that game. You never know. Jets could end up having a decent game or, you know, it's 24-10 at the end of the game and they get a garbage time touchdown with two minutes left with all of the Colts, like uh, just Colts just running the ball, not even really trying, you know. They get an easy, like with two minutes left, they get a touchdown, make it 24-17 and then the game's over. You lose you lose your money because you picked a spread that high, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. it, it could It definitely could hit with the way the Jets have been playing, but off chance that you know they keep it slightly closer I don't think it's worth it to to bet on this game at least yeah the spread is just too big to take I know the Jets they're they're gonna get smoked but it's just the the spread is too big it's just too big but you don't want to take the Jets to cover either because they're probably not going to but it's just too big to risk either way really yeah um the next game on tap it's the other four o'clock game and the other the rest are 4 30 um it's the other one it's on CBS and the Jets not the Jets. The Chargers are hosting the Carolina Panthers, and the Panthers come into this game in just a bad situation, man. Christian McCaffrey is now hurt, and they're just going to struggle against this Chargers team. I I'd honestly don't think it's going to be that close. I think the Chargers – I'll just get straight into my prediction. I think the Chargers go out there. They take care of business. They looked really – really good against Kansas City last week. They took them to overtime. They took Patrick Mahomes to overtime. 
Uh, they held Mahomes to like 305-ish yards, right around what his career average is. Um, and for going off that, Teddy Bridgewater's career average per game when he starts is like 230 or so yards. So if you hold him to that, it's not going to be that productive of a game for him. Uh, the Chargers have one of the best secondaries, if not the best secondary in the entire NFL. And the Panthers are going to have to run the – I mean, pass the ball a lot. They're probably going to go down early, and they're going to be without Christian McCaffrey, so they can't rely on the run game a lot. So I think that the Panthers are just going to get smoked. I, I'd be surprised if it's within single digits. I think it's going to be 20 – actually, no, 30 to 17. And uh, the Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I would definitely take that. Yeah, no, uh, Justin, I, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, Justin Herbert's making a second start. Uh, he looked really good last he week. He looked really good, uh, impressive, um, actually, as for a rookie. Um, I always liked him. I, I wa- watched him his, uh, la- this past year in college, and he, he looked like a like a good quarterback, and, I'm go- and he made uh, the transition to NFL, and against the Chiefs, he played extremely well. I was actually uh, – um surprised honestly um but no i uh, it's sad to, that uh christian mccaffrey one of the best running backs uh in the league happened to get hurt you know he's gonna be out for like i think four to eight weeks they said or uh, four, six that. weeks um so yeah i i definitely think the chargers win I, i'm gonna say it's a little closer than yours i'm gonna say uh 30 23 um but if they are six and a half favorites, I do think they win by a touchdown or more. Yeah, yeah. 30 to 23 would fall right into that range. Um, yeah. And the over-under is 43 and a half, which is a pretty low under as well. Um, I think it probably goes over. The Chargers offense I, is solid. Um, Herbert's looked really good. And uh, that Austin Eckler is a really good running back as well. I definitely think uh, the over will hit. I think the reason why they price it so low is because of uh, the Chargers' defense. Uh, They're thinking the Panthers aren't going to be able to go anywhere. Um, But I do think they'll be able to launch a few nice plays, you know, maybe a nice deep route to Robbie Anderson. And honestly – I don't know. I wanted to say something about Robbie Anderson, but you you say your piece first. I'll I'll, I'll let you talk about Robbie Anderson, but I'm definitely going to say Mike Davis isn't a bad running back uh, as a backup. You know, he's played well um, for Christian McCaffrey so far um, in that backup role and even when he got hurt last week. But um, I do think, you know, they got some wide receivers, the Panthers. I think Teddy Bridgewater will sling sling the ball around a little bit. That's why I picked uh, 30-23. You know, I think they will get some points on the board. I I don't think it'll be enough to win, but I – I think uh, they will throw some points on the board. We'll see. But what I was going to say about Anderson, I know that he's impressed out of the gate. Uh, he's at back-to-back 100-yard games. But, you know, last year when he played against even just like one or two good corners, he got absolutely locked up. Um, for example, against the Buffalo Bills last year, he had 41 total yards in both his games against them. He had 21 total yards against the New England Patriots, 32 against the Patriots. Josh Norman held him to six yards in Week 11 last year. So when you're going against just one or two cornerbacks like these guys have and you're not even putting up 30 yards per game, that's kind of a problem. And now you're going against a team that has Casey Hayward, Chris Harris Jr., and Desmond King, three premier cornerbacks in the league. So I think Anderson's going to struggle in this game. So I, it, if you were to take any fancy advice from me, which, I mean, some people would say don't take any from me, but 
if you were to take any for me, it would be to not start Robbie Anderson this week. I I agree with you. The, the way the Chargers' uh, defense uh, plays, I, I I don't uh, I don't think he'll be very productive. I I I think he could possibly sneak like a like a nice like long like a like a fade touchdown like if he's able to get there over like a corner. But I don't think he's going to be like a like a like a high reception kind of guy. I I I don't think he'll be catching the ball very much. Yeah, I mean, he always has that potential to get a, a touchdown or two, but I, I don't see it happening that much this week. But um, let's move on to the Broncos game against the Buccaneers. And this is probably, if I were to bet on a game, this would probably be the one. The Broncos going into the week were five-and-a-half-point dogs. And ever since the start of the week, this hasn't changed. And I just don't see how the Broncos are five-and-a-half-point dogs in this. The Bucks have one of the best offenses in the league. Um, Tom Brady is going to be, you know, having a chip on his shoulder. And the Broncos just suffered huge losses. They lost their starting quarterback, Drew Locke. They lost their number one receiver, Cortland Sutton. Phillip Lindsay is still hurt. Their defense is hurting, most notably with Vaughn Miller out. And I just don't see any way that the Buccaneers lose this game. Um, and I don't see any way that they don't win by at least double digits. My prediction would be 31-20. to 20. But I just don't think with all the injuries going on on the Broncos' side of the ball and the way that the Bucs have been playing, um, yeah, I just don't see that the Broncos even make it close. You know, um, Dustin, I, I, I would agree with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go the opposite way. I do think the Buccaneers win, but I think it's going to be slightly closer. Um, I was with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. You think he? I, I don't know. I, I I watched the game against the Steelers, and Jeff Driscoll played since the first quarter. Like Drew Locke got hurt in the first quarter, and you know, um, Jeff Driscoll came out there and he looked decent against a great Steelers defense, and they literally almost won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, causing a safety. You know, um, just driving down the field, getting some touchdowns. They, they, this final score was 21-26, and they got – it was fourth and five on the Steelers, like, 25-yard line with two minutes left. So they have the potential to win. Um, and I do think the Broncos win, but I don't think it's going to be double digits. I, you mean, I, I you mean Broncos lose? I meant the Broncos lose. I, I, I don't think it will be by double digits, though. Um, I, 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 I'm going to say my prediction is going to be uh, 27-20. Okay, that would still be covering um, for the Bucks, but yeah, I think they'll cover uh, slightly, um, but I would not be surprised if uh, it, it ends up being twenty-seven, twenty-three, twenty-seven, twenty. Okay, I, I I understand where you're coming from. I don't know. I just wouldn't compare the way the Steelers and the Bucks play, just because um, they have similar rush defenses. Both are really good rush defenses. I agree that the Steelers have a better pass defense, and if Driscoll was able to do well against that. Maybe he could do well against the Bucs, but the Bucs have an astronomically better offense than the Steelers, so I don't know if you could, could yeah, no, I, do I, that I, well. Yeah, no, I've definitely taken that into account, you know. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, we'll check back next week, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see how our predictions go next week. Uh, but the next game on tap is also at 4.30, and it's the Cardinals against the Lions, man. And the Cardinals have been looking fantastic all year, but the Lions are finally getting Kenny Galladay back. Um, it's a five and a half point spread in favor. Oh, of the he Cardinals. is playing this week. Yes, uh, they said that he or he's hopeful. I thought they said he's 
definitely playing, but it he's questionable currently, but he's hopeful to be playing. Hopeful um, means most likely he'll yeah. play unless something happens. Which is which is why personally I don't like how they got rid of a probable designation because right now he would probably be listed as probable. There should be no reason they got rid of that, but they did. So he's technically listed as questionable, but he hopes to make a return. I believe Matt Patricia said he should be returning, so um, I'm going to be going with that that he is returning. Um, yeah, no, uh, I'm very, I, well, I wouldn't say very surprised on how the Cardinals play. Um, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's a fantastic player and he's extremely talented, but I am so glad that Kyler Murray is developing and he's utilizing all of DeAndre Hopkins recording 22 receptions in his first two games with, uh, with another NFL team. He set a record there. They're clicking, um, man. They're clicking. But, yeah, they look real good together. Kyler Murray, he's a very good quarterback. He's able to scramble, run the ball. He's so shifty, and he also can throw the ball. Um, and with the way their offense is playing, you know, Kenyon Drake coming to that team really, like, uh, creating an extra layer on their uh, offense because not only can they pass it to – I know Larry Fitz is getting old, but still he can catch the ball well. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, all those guys out there, and then – uh, if they need be, they run it with Kenyon Drake or dump it off to him because he's an incredible pass catcher. Their offense is uh, doing extremely well right now. Um, so we'll see how their defense holds up against the Lions uh, pass uh, offense, which is they're both extremely good, the Lions pass offense and the Cardinals pass offense. So uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. One thing I did want to note um, that we – learned today uh, is that Christian Kirk is going to be out. He's got a groin injury. And going into the game, prior to hearing about his injury, I thought that this game would be basically a lock for the spread. I thought the Cardinals would have been by double digits. That injury does change things. Um, I originally thought it was probably going to be like 30 to 17, something along the lines of that. I still think the Cardinals win. I think they cover, but it's a close one. I think it's going to be 27 to 21, just barely covering a five and a half point spread. Now with Kirk out, I'm kind of going to try and stay away from that. Yeah, no, that, that definitely does change things. I, I do think, however, I think uh, um, the Cardinals uh, – what's the spread again? Five and a half. I do think they barely cover. I think the score is going to be 24-30. Um, but, yeah, no, that's a, definitely a, a big impact. But I, 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 will go with, uh, I will go with the Cardinals winning that game. Yeah, and it's expected to be a high-scoring one. The over/under is fifty-five and a half, so it should be one of the more entertaining ones in the four o'clock window. And um, I think this next one is the last one in the four o'clock window, and it's the Cowboys at the Seahawks. This one's also going to be another interesting one. Uh, do you want to take care of going over the go over going over it? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I like both teams. I'll I'll explain it. Um, I think this is going to be a great game. Um, you know, Seahawks have been looking phenomenal. Um, top five ranked team right now. Cowboys making an impressive comeback. Um, honestly, they uh, they should be two and zero. You know, uh, some controversial uh, calls in the first game, um, but I, I do think this game's going to be a, a great one to watch. You know, um, Seahawks offense has been clicking Russell Wilson, uh, throwing the ball every which way. You know, it doesn't matter who the wide receiver is. He's throwing it to them. Chris Carson just grinding, uh, ground and pound 
every play, you know, just getting three, four yards, you know. Um, but on the other hand, Cowboys, um, C.D. Lamb's really making a name for himself. Do uh, you have any opinions on him, Justin? I really liked him uh, coming out of college and out of Oklahoma. And it was really interesting for me to see him go into the uh, Dallas Cowboys offense. I wasn't really sure how he would mesh because he would really be the third guy in that offense, which is something he's never been. Um, so far, it's been interesting seeing him uh, play, but he's got 165 total yards. He's actually got more yards and targets than Michael Gallup. So he's been involved early and in being involved often. So I think that he's been doing pretty well so far. I'd like to see him get into the end zone, though. Um, I think that he definitely could in this game against the Seahawks. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see who gets in the end zone because if you're looking at who's been getting into the end zone for the for the Cowboys so far, it's been a lot of ground carries getting into the end zone. Um, Dak has five. I mean, Dak has three. Zeke has two for a total of five for the team. And... Dak has only thrown for two touchdowns so far this year. One was to Zeke, and one the other one was to Dalton Schultz. So we'll see. I think one of those receivers is going to get a touchdown at some point, and I think this will be the week for that. I'm hoping CeeDee Lamb is the guy for that, but he's been looking good on this team, and he's matched really well um, a lot quicker than I thought he would. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think the Cowboys' offense has been impressive, especially, you know, you always got Zeke. He's a, a trusty running back. Uh, yeah and can really drive down that ball. But then you got you got C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, all playing well, plus the Schultz coming out of nowhere, you know, uh, making a name for himself. So they really got a lot of weapons. Um, I'm pretty sure the spread is plus four and a half Cowboys. Um, plus five and a half Cowboys, I plus believe. Plus five and a half, okay. Um, or no, plus just five, not five and a half, five. Uh, plus five. Um, I definitely – if. I would stay away from this game. I think um, the Cowboys could definitely come and win that game, um, especially, you know, the way uh, the way they've been playing, you know, coming back against the Falcons, uh, such a high-powered offense, um, and the Seahawks keeping it a little closer with the Patriots. I do think the Cowboys have the potential to win, um, but I, 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 I would stay away from that game. Yeah, the Cowboys definitely have a shot at winning. I don't necessarily think they will, but it will definitely be a close game. The five-point spread is weird for my liking. Um, I don't like it either. I think the Seahawks win, but I don't think they cover. I think it's 27-24. They definitely could cover. I mean, Russell Wilson should be the MVP. He should at least be getting votes. It's insane that he hasn't even gotten one vote in his career so far. But, yeah, he should – this game could go either way. I don't think it covers a five-point spread, uh, although Wilson definitely has capabilities of making it cover. Um, but, yeah, my final prediction would be 27-24. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I agree with that prediction. And I also think, yeah, I, I would say they win by three. It's going to be a close game coming down to the wire, you know, uh, a nice field goal kick at the end to top the game off. Uh, do you say 27-24 as well, or do you go? Yeah, I say 27-24. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good prediction. Maybe a little lower scoring than some people would think, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, you know, with uh, – they've both been playing high score. You know, maybe they'll cool off a little bit, especially because yeah. they're both playing some good teams. Uh, and, they're playing good teams. And we thought Rams-Cowboys week one was going to be insanely high scoring, and it turned out not being. So yeah. we'll see how it ends up going. 
Um, this next game is the Sunday night game, and it's between the two preseason favorites in the NFC North, the Packers and the Saints. Man, the Packers have been looking great out of the gate, and they won against the Minnesota Vikings in Week One, and then they destroyed the Vikings. Or they destroyed the Lions last week, forty-two to twenty-one. The Saints, they looked really strong week one against the Bucks, and then last week. We all know what happened. We already talked about that a bit earlier. Frank, what are your thoughts so far on this game? I know Michael Thomas is going to be out for this game. Yeah, Justin, uh, I don't know. The Packers have been um, really impressive this year, uh, surprisingly. I actually thought they were going to play worse um, than the last two years, but, you know, they came out and they actually surprised me. Um, you know, their offense is cooking, man. 510, 510 yards per game. That's crazy. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's probably a little pissed off. They drafted a quarterback (laughs) in the first round instead of helping him out. But he is fully utilizing that offense that they have. Um, and with the Saints playing as poor as they are, I, I think it'll be a close game, but I do think the Packers will end up winning it. I don't know. Okay. I think that. The Packers are playing a little bit above their um, typical level of play. Um, obviously, they played the Lions last week and went off against the Lions. Um, Aaron Jones had 50-something fantasy points, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers keeps up the what he's been doing with really just one main receiver. Um he exposed the Lions secondary last week, which was kind of weak. Um, Okuda hasn't been living up to the number three pick like he was drafted at so far. And uh, Tremaine Johnson was out for that week. So he kind of exposed a weak Lions secondary. As for the run game, I mean, you know, anyone knows that a good pass game opens up the run game. So that allowed Aaron Jones to absolutely go off. So I don't think the Packers are as successful as they were last week. I already said earlier about how I think the Saints game was a fluke. I just don't think that – because a lot of Breeze's, um, you know, poorness last week, for lack of better words, was that he just wasn't able to make great decisions, which isn't something that you usually see with Breeze. And I don't think that happens again. Breeze is, Breeze is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's good enough to make up for those mistakes. And I think he will this week. And I think the Saints go out there and – I think they go out there, and they're actually favored by three and a half points in this game, and I think they cover that. I think they go out, they win um, a good Sunday night game, and they win by a final of 30 to 23. Yeah, well, um, I, I could definitely see that happening. I, I'm going to put it at um, 24-20 Packers, um, but I could so see the Saints coming out there. I just hope uh, Drew Brees uh, comes out and plays better than he did last week because I, I – was a little shocked by how bad his performance was, especially against the Raiders. Um, but yeah, my prediction is 24-20 Packers. Yeah, I, I I don't think that he repeats doing as bad as he did again. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm hoping that the Packers lose this week. Um, I'm a big Drew Brees guy, so I'm hopefully he bounces back. I don't know if that plays anything into my prediction, but we'll see. Yeah. And then here we go for the game of the week. We finally actually have a pretty good, damn good Monday night game. And um, I use that phrase um, pretty damn good, and that just doesn't do this game justice. It's going to be the Chiefs versus the Ravens, two teams that have played better than anyone in the past year and a half, really. Um, 
not just in the AFC in the entire NFL. Um, you know, it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, both teams are elite offenses. The Ravens have damn good defense as well. Um, Chiefs defense is pretty solid too, but wow, this game, I'm just going to be blown away at how good of a game this is. I'm really looking forward to a lot of scoring in this game and it's going to be happening often on Monday night. Uh, what's your, some of your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. Two top teams going um, back and forth. Um you know, especially a nice Monday night game. Like, obviously, the Raiders-Saints game was decent, but, like, their scheduling this year has been real off. You know, scheduling Dolphins-Jaguars Thursday night and then Browns-Bengals last yeah, Thursday. Yeah, exactly. And then just... la- the beginning Monday was Giants-Bears. Like, I don't know. I just think it's, it was about time they got a good game that I'm sure tons of people are going to tune into. Um, Not just one. It's two. Oh, there's two. There's two games. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Sunday night and then Monday night. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's gonna be two. There's four high-powered offenses going at it. Yep. Um, but no, Monday night. I'm excited. Um, I like the Chiefs. You know, Ravens been playing well, but I, I like the Chiefs in this one. You know, Mahomes just uh, you know, played played a tough one at the the Chargers, and he's been play, like grinding through it. And I think the they'll actually beat the Ravens. Uh, are they favored or no? No, the Ravens are three and a half. Wow. Yeah, I guess the home field advantage uh, gives them a little upper edge and the way and the Chiefs almost lost, so that gives them a little bit of a um a little bit of a downside. But I, I do think they come out there and uh they end up uh, beating the Ravens thirty five twenty eight. Um, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. I think that the Ravens are gonna go out there and win. My final prediction would be forty one to thirty, but let me explain this. So it's obviously going to be a high-scoring game on both sides. Both teams are going to be – their scores are going to be approaching, if not going over, 30 points. Um, I think we're both in agreement on that. I just think that you look at the two games, um, the Texans and uh, – both teams played the Texans. The Chiefs beat them 34-20. Uh, I know one of them was a garbage-time touchdown, like 34-13. And the Ravens beat them 33-16. I think that the Ravens looked better in the, their game against the Texans than the Chiefs did in their game against the Texans. And then you take a look at the other two games uh, between the two. Like I said, the, the, their games against the Texans were relatively close, but I think the Ravens looked better. But even if you weren't convinced by the Ravens in the Texans game, um, the Browns and the Chargers are similar teams in terms of talent. They're different styles where the Browns are more offensive heavy and the Chargers are more defensive heavy, but they're, they're similar in terms of talent. The Ravens went out, and they absolutely destroyed the Cleveland Browns. They won 38-6. to The Chiefs, they played against the Chargers, who have a good defense, by the way. Let's not forget that. The Chargers have a good defense, and they won 23-20, but in overtime. The Ravens have a really solid defense. It's comparable to the Chiefs, and I think that the Chiefs, the Chiefs will probably still score a lot. That's why I said they scored 30, but I don't think it's enough to combat the Ravens' uh, high-powered offense. And I think the, Ra- the Chiefs' defense... It's solid, but it definitely has some holes. Um, you know, cornerback is kind of a hole. Linebacker is kind of a hole. They've got, they've got a good defensive line and uh, safeties, but cornerbacks are a hole and, and linebackers are a hole. And I think that Lamar Jackson can expose that, and I think that the Chiefs won't be able to score with the 41 I'm projecting. Yeah, well, I, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that one, you know. We will have to agree um, to disagree. 
I, I do think the Ravens have the capability to win the game, but I don't know. I just don't think Lamar has what it takes to keep up with the Chiefs' offense. Um, I think they're going to try running the ball a lot. He's going to try to do their option plays. They're going to be running it. But I don't think I, – I, I think the Chiefs will – I think it will be high scoring still, but I think they'll, they'll have the edge in the passing game over the Ravens. Yeah, but, we'll see what goes down. It's going to be a really interesting game. I think it goes down – even though it's an 11-point difference in my book, I think it still goes down to, uh, towards the wire. It's going to be a close game throughout, and it's going to be a lot of touchdowns. It's going to be memorable um, kind of towards the Rams-Chiefs game uh, just a couple of years ago. No, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, and uh, we'll end up seeing what happens, you know? Yeah, this is probably – this is a game that I'm most looking forward to this week, and I'm pretty sure it's the same as you and just about every football fan out there. Yeah, no, I, I, out of all these games, uh, definitely Monday night, I'm going to have to tune in. Yeah, <laughs> but that just about wraps things up for this episode of the Double Say Sports Podcast. Frank, thank you for coming on. You were a great replacement for Hefner, who should be back for next week. But if he's not, we can definitely turn to you for that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'll come anytime. You know, I love talking football. Uh, it's my one of my favorite sports. Um, love talking about NFL, you know, big fantasy guy, big betting guy. Of so, course. Uh, if you ever, uh, if you ever want to talk football, let me know. I will, man. I'll, I'll definitely have you on at another point. That's just about wraps things up for me. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Double State Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Double State Sports. And we post there every time that an episode goes live. And just make sure that you share this with friends. We really want to try and get this podcast growing. It's been growing pretty well over the past few weeks. We want it to grow more. And that's the best way that you can help us is sharing it with friends. Uh, just tell people about it in general. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating. Thank you so much for listening and take care. This has been the Double Say Sports Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Double Say Sports to be notified every time the podcast goes live.